Hello, friends. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Carrie. And we are Status Macabre. Welcome to a stormy status. Yeah. And um, if you guys, hopefully you can't, but if you can hear the thunder and the rain, which is literally three feet from my, from the mic right now, um, it might add, you know, just might add a little ambiance. Yeah. It might add a little bit of ambiance. We're doing it just for you guys. I know. And it's, and this is like a really um, spooky sort of um, episode. So gruesome and bloody and gory. No, no, no. It's very lighthearted. No fecal matter in this one, you guys, I promise. (laughs) And we apologize for being late. Um, we had some stuff going on yesterday. Some um, of us had some stuff going on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so um, we were unable to record. So um, so here we are today. Yeah. And um, I don't think we have a lot of business. We, we, we Lizzie's Bo- business. Business. Uh, well, yeah. Lizzie Borden is coming next up. Next weekend. Next. Yep. yep. It will be um, published. And then... Um, We've got some upcoming trips. Yeah. So. St. Augustine later on this month. Yes. Uh, I don't think we talked about what we're going to do in July um, or August or September yet, but we still have. Um, we have the, some stuff on the top. Cruise. Yep. We've got the cruise coming up. So we're trying to figure it all out. Yep. We are. So stick with us. Stick around, kids. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um Today's episode is going to be a little bit lighthearted, given that we had some gruesome shit from last week. William still recovering. Yeah, William Bradford kind of threw me for a loop, <laughs> and I'm I loved glad. It. It, I, I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was a great episode. It was just holy shit. It was a lot though. Yeah, especially two two episodes of just grossness. Gross. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, this this week's episode is about the Ouija board, Yay. and um, it's it's going to be kind of lighthearted. So um, let's get into it. So the exact origin of the Ouija board is not actually known. Um, objects similar to the Ouija board date as far back as 551 BC to ancient China, where spirit boards, which is what you know they're really called, yeah were commonplace items used to communicate with the dead. It is claimed that Pythagoras, I think I got that right, um, used talking boards to enhance the studies and unearth revelations from the unseen world. So talking boards have also have connections to ancient Rome where two people use the Ouija board to predict the successor of the king. I don't know that. They Interesting. Do, I know they don't do that at Vatican. Too bad they don't do it at the Vatican. <laughs> like, they don't like do like the vote with the smoke. The white smoke. They're like, <laughs> wait for the white smoke. Did you move that? Looks like Paul's gonna be it. Um, <laughs> they were tried for treason though, and eventually hung. And um, the claimed successor was immediately executed. So kind of fucked up situation there. But um, so if we fast forward to the modern day. Originally called the talking board, came into existence shortly after 1848, the birth of modern spiritualism. And so I'm going to go a little bit into history here. Um, I find it kind of interesting. I'm a little bit of a history buff, but anything to do with 
the weird, you know, spiritual yeah. world is, is Where did it fascinating. Where did it come from? So spiritualism is a movement based on the belief that departed souls can interact with the living. Spiritualists sought to make contact with the dead, usually through the assistance of a medium, which is a person um, believed to have the ability to contact spirits directly. Right. Now, do you believe in that? I do. I do. And it's funny. There is a show on Netflix that I've been watching, and I think it's called Surviving the Dead or Surviving Death, maybe, I think is what it's called. And it's actually, it goes in depth into people who have, you know, spiritual, you know, experiences with a medium and people wanting to talk yeah. to the dead and it's actually like the last episode i was just kind of like what the fuck yeah. just because it was like this woman and she's sitting in a chair and she's in this quote-unquote trance and she has all these different voices and it was just a little i was like okay this lady's just really good at showy at well uh, good at voices you know it reminded me of the dude from uh the ac- police academy where you had oh, all those voices. yeah no i i don't know like I, the the mediums i'm like uh eh, i call bullshit pretty much on everything that i've heard like, yeah I you know i have a friend been, who went all the way to new york really talk i believe it was a long island yeah medium. the long island medium Ooh, um, yeah. this was many years ago and there's a whole other story and i won't get into it because it's not my story to tell but um she she believed 100 percent of oh, what yeah. this person told her they're super convincing um and uh you know I don't, I don't know. I've never I, spoken to We'd love to, one. to hear from you. If you guys yeah. have ever been to a medium, I'd love to know your experience. We can, we can share. Um, I, I, I do. I'm a little bit skeptical. I believe that there are spirit spirits, but you know how we communicate them. I mean, there's just a lot of fraudulent activity yeah. surrounding how, mediums. So yeah. it's, I think it'd be little, great. Like I, I, Hey, I'm all about it. If a ghost or a spirit wants, wants to, to reach talk out to me, to me right? come on. Bring it. I am here for you, <laughs> boo-boo, literally. <laughs> literally. Well, modern spiritualism traces back to two preteen girls um, on March 31st in 1848 in the small town of Hydesville, New York in late March. So the two girls are Margareta uh, or Maggie Fox, who she's age 14, and her sister who's 11, and her name is Catherine or Kate Fox. And they begin hearing a sequence of raps on the walls and the furniture in um, their bedroom of their farmhouse every night around bedtime, which is convenient because, you know, maybe they just didn't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. I'm hearing stuff. I'm hearing mom. I'm hearing dad. Mom, dad, there's rapping. Oh, okay. That's an easy way to get out of bed. Right. Anyway, reportedly, the girls had been in contact with a murder murdered peddler whose skeleton was actually later recovered 50 some odd years after the wrappings began Hmm. basically the girls were able to communicate with the mysterious wrappings and were able to determine that the peddler um, was in his early 30s had been murdered on the grounds of the home and um, there was a skeleton as i said earlier found on the grounds and they were dug up um, the bones were inconclusive, though, as to whether or not they were actually human re- remains. But there were, it looked like, oh. like femur bones. It was just like kind of scattered. So, you know, I don't know if animals had drug a lot of them away or what. But um, they did find a skeleton or pieces of a skeleton. Years later, the Fox's um, sister's stories of communicating with the dead were 
um, debunked when Maggie announced they had made it all the way, um, they had made it all up and used their big toes as the source of the wrappings, but nevertheless um, began the spiritualist religion wave. Yeah, and so she demonstrated with her toe how she did it, how she did the wrappings. Yeah. Although Maggie recanted the confession a year later, insisting that her spirit guides God. had beseeched her to do so. Well, and then it's not like it's not like she's being a, a she's under interrogation for a murder that someone right. So it's not like she's being forced or browbeat well, or you know she's just coming up with the reasons to confess and not confess. Well, yeah. So the Fox Fox sisters traveled the United States all over holding seances, um, readings, all kinds of stuff. So they were making swindling people out right. of their cash is essentially what she's trying to say. They were making money off of this. So when she, so that's why she had to recant it. Exactly. Yeah. That's my, and that's what I thought. I, I, I literally wrote like, maybe she ran out of money because I'm thinking, all right, what would make you recant after you just said, I made it all up. The dineros were no longer coming in. Right. Anyway. Well, it was compatible with the Christian dogma um, meaning people could hold seances and communicate with the dead in the evening and wake up and go to church without any qualms. So that's why, yeah. you know, just talking with the dead was not anything people thought were witchcraft, witchcraft, or Salem or witch trials Correct. or anything like that. Right. So communicating with the uh, afterlife provided solace to a generation where the average lifespan was only 50 years old. So it kind of made people feel like Okay, there was something, there was something there. there. Yeah. I can I can relax and know that I might die early, but yeah, you know, I might be able to communicate with my loved ones later on. It was said that even Mary Todd Lincoln held seances in the White House after her son died of a fever in 1862. I had heard, I had heard that, yeah. so. um, but literally nothing else about it other than she she, she did, did it. it. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know if she ever made contact with, Who knows? Her, with her spirit her spirit Sign. world i don't know with spiritualism on the rise and people looking for better more efficient ways of communicating with the dead in 1890 the kennard novelty company patented a design for spirits to talk through a planchette with like device pointing to letters and numbers so it's kind of like when you use the ouija board now right you have that little thing with the hole in it so that was their patent device the patent was approved on February 10th, 1891, which lists Elijah J. Bond as the inventor and Charles W. Kennard and William A. Maupin as a signee. So essentially, Elijah Bond was known as like the father of the Ouija board. Charles Kennard named the new talking board Ouija after his sister-in-law, Helen Peters, because he and her were playing with the board and they asked the board for suggestions on its name. When they asked the board what, what it meant when they spelt, when it spelled out Ouija, it went to good luck. The little plancher planchet thing went to good luck. So interestingly enough though, Helen Peters actually had a locket on and when she looked at her locket, it said Ouija and then underneath good luck. Oh, but, you know, I can also flip this and say, okay, but she knew that and yeah. she was making the, she you know, playing chat. Yeah. And right. maybe not consciously, but maybe subconscious. I've only played the Ouija board like maybe once or twice. Really? Yeah. And you've never had anything weird happen? No. Mm -hmm. I had something happen 
um, once when I was like in the seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember how old we were, but I was playing with my um, elementary best friend and um, we may have been in middle school, but we had a group of girls and we were all asking about, you know, spirits who's there, yada, yada, yada. And the door like flung open, like the back door just like flung open for no reason. It was really fucking spooky. Of course, we all screamed and lost our shit. Yeah. Could have been, you know, one of her sisters playing a joke, but you know, to us, we were like, holy fuck, we just contacted a ghost. But anyway, that's my story. Um, So after several years, a man by the name of Washington Bowie um, became the powerhouse of the Ouija board and taught his son, Washington Bowie Jr., the ropes. He also took a man by the name of William Fold under his wing and taught him everything he could about the business. Fold rose quickly to the position of foreman and became one of the original stockholders. Well, in 1987, Washington Bowie um, leased the rights to manufacture the Ouija board to William Fold and his brother, Isaac. The brothers became like uber very successful with their venture and manufactured the um, the boards in like mass numbers. For 26 years, William Fold ran the company. He was a Presbyterian who didn't believe that it was a medium of communication with the dead, but he did believe that the Ouija was a reliable advisor in matters of business and personal life. See, now I can see that. Like the eight ball. Like to me, yeah. The eight ball. Is <laughs> eight ball. Am I going to die today? Ask again later. <laughs> it seems likely. <laughs> right? I like, yeah, now that, the eight ball, oh, I think I had one... Like by my bed for years. Years, yeah. Oh I always God. thought they were cool. I loved them. Well, it's kind of like tarot cards, right? Am I? Is my? Is is Johnny gonna ask me out today? Yeah, whatever. Like you just shake nope. it. Like <laughs> maybe tomorrow. <laughs> maybe tomorrow. His explanation was that the board through a type of magnetism of some kind of psychological phenomenon controlled the hands and led to the right answers. He used anecdotes to prove his point. The board told him to prepare for big business, so he built a new factory to support the large demands. When a shipment got lost, the Ouija directed William to Ohio, where it was located. And then there was the fact that the board named itself. So it did, in his opinion, hold some kind of power, whatever that was. Now, the Ouija board, you can't do it by yourself, can you? You can, absolutely. But we'll talk about, you know, why you shouldn't in a little bit. Hmm. On February 20, 1927, William Fold climbed on the roof of the Baltimore of his Baltimore factory to supervise a flagpole install near the edge of the roof, grasping an iron support uh, of the pole to steady himself when the support suddenly pulled away and he toppled over backward. Fold initially grabbed a hold of the sill, a windowsill um, of an open window, which suddenly closed sending him crashing down to the sidewalk below. He broke several ribs, but was actually expected to survive until a bump in the road on the way to the hospital sent one of the fractured bones through his heart and he died. Jesus Christ. On the way to the hospital, he made his children to promise never to sell the Ouija out of the family. In fact, he told them to cease sales because the board was dangerous. Well, of course, that didn't happen. In fact... The children continued to sell the board, and in 1966, they sold the business to Parker Brothers, which was eventually bought out by Hasbro, who now, you know, has the rights to the Ouija board. But they replicated the original design that Fold had created. So when you guys see the 
the old, you know, it looks like the wooden board, what you see now. Um, that yeah. was the original design. So there are actually, I don't know, for those of you who have a Ouija board, I do not. And I've been wanting ever since I've been doing this episode and researching, get one? I was like, shit, we got to get a Ouija board. Yeah. So there are actually three rules, like major rules that come with the Ouija board. One is to never ask when you're going to die. Two is don't talk about God. And three, you never play alone. So supposedly, when you play alone, you open yourself up to um, the spirits. spirits. Yes, who because you're vulnerable. You're in a vulnerable <clears throat> state. And why aren't you? Why aren't you? So you're vulnerable, vulnerable by yourself, but not vulnerable with multiple people. Supposedly, yeah. You, you're. It's the distribution of energy. Hmm. So. Some additional rules to follow is using the board. Um, yeah, don't use the board while fatigued, alone, again, or under the influence is off. Is also heavily discouraged. I feel like board. well, it was get received. I mean, that's probably when we would do it. Is right? I know that was so, exactly when I do it. So um, avoid using curse words when in conversation. Um, don't use it in your home or in a graveyard. So where are you supposed to use it? If you don't use it in your own house, you're supposed to go to a friend's house. I guess. Or either that or open, open, open area outside of the yard. Yeah, supposedly. <laughs> um, four, don't ask stupid fucking questions. <laughs> so um, that's like, I, I don't know what a stupid question would be, but I don't know what color is my shirt. I, I don't know what a stupid question is or what is Probably actually. Probably goes back to when asking when you're going to die. Like, oh, yeah, maybe, be, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's I mean, a like, stupid fucking question. I guess that would be considered a dumb question. Yeah. If the planchette, um, which is the pointer, um, falls from the board, the spirit will be released. Um, and then never let the planchette spell through the letters of the alphabet or count down through each number. The spirit can get out that way. Oh, God. So I guess the alphabet is to unlock spirits of some sort. <laughs> Um, there's also, um, if a Ouija board, um, the Ouija board will scream if you try to burn it. The only way to dispose of an, of an unwanted board is to break it into seven pieces, sprinkle it with holy water and bury it. I feel like it's Jumanji all over. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. <laughs> but interestingly enough, when you were talking about what you thought, um, caused movements um the scientific community according to them talking boards are powered by a psychological phenomenon known as the idomotor effect um and the idea comes from idea or cognitive re representation and motor relates to the movement of muscles calling the phenomenon a way for your body to talk to itself. An in-depth explain explainer published by Vox details how reflexive movements propel a Ouija session. So like when you're pushing that planchette across the board, you're, you're consciously not trying to move it, but the magnetism, I guess, of whatever your muscle movements are, are it's moving it somewhere. You're not just standing still. Right. So in the case of a Ouija board, your brain may unconsciously create images and memories when you ask the board questions. Your body responds to your brain without 
you consciously, quote unquote, telling it what to do. So causing the muscles in your hands and arms to move the pointer to the answers that you, again, unconsciously may want to receive. And here's where things get like really interesting. Over the years, research has determined that the ideomotor effect is closely tied to subconscious awareness and that its effect is maximized when the subject believes he has no control of his movements. Paradox, paradoxically, is that how you say Paradoxically. Paradoxically. <laughs> Big word Chrissy cannot pronounce. I know my written list today. <laughs> The less control you think you have, the more control your subconscious mind is actually exerting. This is where the Ouija board's triangular pointer comes in. The planchette makes it easier to subconsciously control your muscle movements because it focuses and directs them even while you believe you are in control of them. It's also why the planchette seems to move even more efficiently when multiple people are using it at once. If it frees everyone's minds to subconsciously generate creepy Ouija board answers together, which I find kind of interesting. I mean, it something's moving it, right? I mean, you're not outright like when you you're only supposed to use your fingertips. And so you're not like shoving it with your whole arms. I'm like, got my no, arms over here shoving my arms. There's gentle, like the times I've done it, I like I remember thinking, all right, this is really hard not to intentionally move it, you know. Like, oh yeah. And so I it's been God, it's probably been 30 years since I've even played. Oh, yeah, it. So we got to play it. I couldn't I'm, tell you really. I'm going to get one. That. Yeah, going to get one. Get a good one. I will. So, Jay Godfrey Rupert was a psychic investigator who hoped to sci- scientifically prove spiritualism before he converted to Catholicism and renounced it. <laughs> Pope Pius X commissioned um, Rupert to warn Catholics about the Ouija board. In 1919, he published a book called The New Black Magic and the Truth About the Ouija Board. For more reasons than one, Rupert unveiled, quote, the board should not be tolerated in any Christian household or placed within the reach of the young, end quote. Despite such warnings, sales continued to grow. They peaked in the 1960s when, boosted by, you know, counterculture, and popular interest in the occult that Ouija board actually outsold Monopoly. Isn't that crazy? That is. The nail in the coffin that gave the Ouija board its sinister reputation was William Peter Blady's 1971 novel, The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Together with its 1973 film adaptation, that cemented the Ouija board sinister reputation and the popular, you know, imagination, because I don't know if you guys have seen the exorcist, you know, you see Reagan in the first part of the the movie in the basement, her mom comes down to talk to her. She's playing the Ouija board by herself, which is supposed to, you know, make you, I guess it's the idea that a spirit came in or she allowed a spirit to enter her home and her body, which later she was possessed, you know, by that demon she called. So, um, based on, so Blady's, um, based his story on an actual case of an allegedly possessed boy that occurred in Maryland in 1949, according to a diary seen by a Jesuit priest. Blady met at uh, Georgetown University, the boy had been introduced to the Ouija board by an aunt who was interested in spiritualism. 
The first signs of the boy's possession begin shortly after the aunt died. So the the story took all those details and then filled in the gaps. So from then on, the Ouija board has been the devil, as the water boy's mama would say. No, the devil. It's the devil. Get it What's right. his name? Billy. It's Billy. Billy. Um, anyway, so I I showed, I watched the um, Exorcist with the kids not too long ago, and they thought it was the dumbest movie ever. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, I can, like, now I'm like, eh. I, I can tell you, when I was, like, in the eighth grade, my dad was like, you want to watch something scary? So me and my girlfriend sat on the floor <clears throat> at a sleepover and watched The Exorcist nobody slept that night i can tell you it was terrifying it was absolutely terrifying especially when she like spins her head and vomits oh yeah it it was it was slightly terrifying so um anyway that's kind of the the history of the ouija board and kind of where it got its sinister um reputation so let's move on to some real life experiences related to the ouija board so I found a lot of crazy crimes that were committed with the Ouija board or blaming the Ouija yeah. board, which I find absolutely I insane. Court. I blame the Ouija board. The I Ouija know. board made me do it. Have we heard insane. that yet? Okay. No, I can't say that I've ever heard that, but you know. So I'm going to call this the woman who wanted to eliminate her competition. So on March 6, 1930, and I'm bear with me with this name because it is, it's, Cloth Hilda? Clothilda. Clothilda? Yeah. I mean, that's all I got. Yeah. Marchand. I hope your name's not Clothilda, and I apologize if it is, because I just butchered it. Yeah. Anyway. Clothild? We're going to call it her Hilda. Hilda, there you go. She was found dead at the foot of the stairs in her Buffalo, New York home, where she lived with her sculptor husband and young son. It quickly became apparent she hadn't fallen, but had been beaten to death. Suspicion initially fell on the husband, but it shifted quickly to a woman with whom he'd been having an affair with, named Lila Jimerson. As it turned out, Jimerson had recruited an acquaintance, uh, her name was Nancy Bowen, to murder Hilda. Her method of persuasion? A Ouija board, which Jimerson manipulated to convince Bowen that Hilda was a a witch who was responsible for the death of Bowen's recently deceased husband and that Bowen was next. Bowen couldn't even read, simply took Jimerson's word for it, according to Merch. So this bitch didn't even know how to read, but she's spelling out where she said the Ouija board told her she was going to die. And now she, you know, was responsible for, you know, the reason why her, I guess the husband died, the one she was having an affair with. She pleaded guilty to manslaughter once the ruse was revealed. And Jimerson also ultimately um, pleaded, you know, guilty to manslaughter. So, God. so there's, so there was that, that was 1930. Okay. That's okay. That's stupidity. Well, you know, I mean, if you have some, someone that dumb to believe you see, that the stupidity. Ouija board told yeah, you. Exactly. That is crazy. But let's continue. I'm interested to see what else we got. Some real life experiences that are related to the Ouija board. Oh, yeah. These are are intense. All right. This one's the mother who used a Ouija board to kill off her husband. Why can I relate to that one more? I don't. I mean, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. The Ouija made me do it. On November 18, 1933, 15-year-old Maddie Turley and her father, Ernest, were trying to shoot a skunk on their property when Maddie shot Ernest twice in the back. Initially, Maddie claimed she actually You know what Charles is going to say here? Because I'm purring again? No, 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 no. Not that. He's going to say, never give a woman a gun. (laughs) That's probably a fair statement. (laughs) You don't want to give me a gun. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Anyway, Maddie claimed she'd accidentally fired after she she tripped and fallen. However, after her father died of his wounds, Maddie changed her story. While playing with a Ouija board with her mother, Dorothea, Maddie was, quote-unquote, ordered by the spirit world to kill Ernest so that Dorothea could marry a man who would, quote, make her happier, end quote. After the Ouija board had spoken, (laughs) Dorothea assured Maddie she would not be arrested for complying with its orders because the Ouija is a higher power than the police, I guess. Dorothea denied it all because, of course, you're going to throw your daughter under a bus. First, having said that, you know, the board made her do it, but a jury found her guilty. Three years later, the Supreme Court of Arizona reversed the conviction on the grounds that the trial court had refused to allow evidence that Maddie, who spent her childhood in juvenile detention and never spoke to her mother again, was lying. Which is kind of sad, man. Why would you use your kid to kill your husband? But then let's blame it on the fucking Ouija. I'm, I just, I'm, it's horrible. All right. Now this one is a little brutal. This one's a little bit fucked up. So in 1955, London teen Michael McCallum lured a younger boy, Michael Earidge, who was also 15, to his apartment to play with a Ouija board. His room was complete with a black magic altar. So imagine walking in this fucking room and you see a fucking black magic altar. You know what? My mom said I I was supposed to wash the dishes before I left the house. So I got to go. <laughs> no, nope. forgot to do that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go back home. No, walk in black, black Sabbath is all I can think of. So McCollum and his friend went up to Michael and his pal, Stephen Coran, who was also 15, in the street in December, a couple years years ago, obviously, in 1995. They asked the boys back to McCollum's home to watch videos. The boys were horrified to find his bedroom was basically, like I said, a shrine to Satan. The walls were covered in posters of the devil, torture, and human sacrifice. And I want to stop right here because if I walk in my son's room and I see a black magic altar, some Satan posters, and some sacrifice shit, that shit's going down and he's going to counseling. Well, you wouldn't see that because that would have to come out of your pocket. You know, like you would be paying for that. Like, no, Uh -uh. sir. I don't think so. Heavy metal, uh, heavy metal records with satanic lyrics were all over the floor. The words "Devil Man Killer 666" were scrawled on the TV along with the pen, um, you know, the the pen, the pentacle, the pentacle. Yeah, sorry. Um, an occult symbol. Books and magazines on McCollum's idol, crazed mass murderer Charles Manson, sat in the corner. So this dude is worshiping, essentially, Satan. Or is wanting to. He's probably a lost soul. But And against one of the walls was an improvised altar covered in black cloth with two candles on it. So when the boys were playing the Ouija, McCollum asked, If you're Satan, 
what is it you want me to do? McCollum's friend, who can't be named for legal reasons, put Michael's hand on the glass McCollum was using to operate the board. He told the terrified boy he'd chop off his finger unless he did as he was told. Well, then the board spelled out kill. Michael said he was scared and wanted to go home, obviously, because what the fuck? But McCollum's apprentice, you know, the little kid that was with him, told him, you are not going anywhere until I have done my master's will. The boy was then hit on the head and McCollum pulled the knife, like pulled a knife out from under his bed. He forced Michael onto his bed, put his hand around his throat, sat astride him like, you know, straddling him and started stabbing him. He only stopped when the apprentice whispered, stop now, David, you can calm. He's dead now. Now, I don't know who the fuck David is, but I I don't know if that was his Satan name or what. Michael's body was wrapped in bedding and dumped between the seventh and eighth floors of the flats where McCollum lived in Walworth, South London. Stephen was made to put his fingerprints on the knife, then freed and warned not to tell anyone. So he made the other friend, you know, put his fingerprints all of it. So get the fuck out. He then ran straight to Michael's father. When McCollum was arrested um, later that night, he grinned and said, guilty. Police asked why he kept smiling. He replied, I'm still buzzing from earlier. Okay. McCollum said he and his friend drank two bottles of Thunderbird wine <laughs> before the attack, which I'm sorry. Fucking drinking Thunderbird wine. That's that's disgusting. I don't think I've ever had. No, I can tell you I've never had it. So uh, Boone's Farm. It's oh, it's it's it's, okay. it's it's very yeah. I think it would be grosser than yeah. Boone's Farm. Oh yeah, I mean it's gas station beer, right? Or wine. He told police all of a sudden I started attacking him. A voice in my head said, "Kill him." The Ouija board told me to buy the knife, and the demon madness told me to kill him. The glass spelled out the words "kill." McCollum said he sacrificed two frogs to quote demon madness in quote the year before. I don't know who demon I madness either. Fucking frogs. <laughs> Well, kudos to you. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't cats or horses. I know, or, but it's still a frog. I mean, I dissected frogs in middle school. Oh, yeah, school. middle school. So, yeah. I, I mean, still. I don't want any harm to come to anything. I don't know but who demon. I sacrificed frogs. I sacrificed a reptile. I don't not, know. I know, not even something cute and furry, like, you know, like a lamb. Oh, I digress. No. Demon madness. I don't know who demon madness is. It sounds like a band. A psychiatrist said McCollum, who had been treated for mental illness, was schizophrenic. He was given a manslaughter charge and sentenced to to a mental institution. Which I'm like, I don't know. Still, you it's using the Ouija board in a crime. I I, I got nothing. That's pretty pathetic. No, the, oh no, it is. It's sad. Well, now we're gonna move on to a grandma. Oh, not grandma. A grandma. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's not your average grandma. So in 2001, 53-year-old Carol Sue Elevaker was making, I'm sorry, was playing with a Ouija board with her daughter, Tammy. And Tammy's two daughters, when the message came through, you know, beep, 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 incoming message that Tammy's husband, Brian, was evil and he needed to be killed. So as, you know, you would. Ella Baker got up, stabbed Brian in his sleep, and then turned the knife on one of her granddaughters. Oh, jeez. Yeah. As Brian bled to death, Ella Baker, um, just Tammy, Carol. 
Carol. Um, well, I Carol. Fine. <laughs> Carol, do you are you, are you upset by Carol Beth? I mean, because it's just like here's what my, not clearly what you're doing, but every time I do something, I'm like, yeah. why? Every freaking word in here, every name yeah. I can't pronounce. Oh, I know. The first Some... name or the last name. Like, can why can't what happened to Smith? Or, <laughs> or you know, Washington or Mc, McDougal or McDougal. Wilson. Yeah, thank you. What 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 is an Elvaker? I don't know. I think it's. I don't know. I don't know where this was. It doesn't even look but... like a name. Like Elvaker, like... Elvaker. I don't know. Elvaker. <laughs> I was putting up my. I was putting my own twist on it. Either way, Carol. Damn it, her name's Carol from now on. Anyway, as Brian bled to death, Carol. Baskins. Yes. (laughs) Tammy and the two granddaughters piled into a car, which Carol proceeded to run off the fucking road. The ensuing car crash caused only minor injuries, but Carol then attempted to push one of the granddaughters into traffic because she believed the girl had inherited Brian's evil. I guess the spirit jumped from his body to hers. I don't know. Carol was ultimately ruled insane. No shit. And was committed to a psychiatric hospital. Was this in the United States? I don't know. Because because um, that last name doesn't sound like a, a American last name. But I could be wrong. Nobody ever gets like, I mean, if that's the out, then everybody can just start blaming it on the Ouija board. I plan on and doing that later. Citing, start citing these cases. Right. And this was 2001. This yes. wasn't like. I know it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I still sometimes feel like the 90s wasn't that long ago. But, you know, I'm. I'm it wasn't. I know. I Okay. Well, we're going to stick with that because <laughs> I, I don't feel like it was that long ago. Oh, my gosh. All right. So now we're going to talk about boys and boys. And this is even even. Um, more recent. So on December 19, 2007, Joshua Tucker and Donald, we're just going to say Donald. He went. That, that's the last Char, name. I could not, I for the life of me, I could not pronounce this poor kid's name, but it's Charlachalin. Scalican? Scalican? Oh, I got nothing. Yeah, it's Donald. Donald. Donny boy. Good old Don. Yeah. Well, they go out for Christmas shopping in hopes of finding a present for Donald's mother when they came upon a Ouija board. So as kids, as kids do, they, they wanted to buy it. They purchased it and went back home to try it out. Reports state that Joshua um, was behaving oddly after they purchased the board. So I don't know what that means. It didn't really give me a whole lot of detail, but he was just being weird. Like, and at the time he was actually living with Donald. So you got Joshua and Donald living together. And it turns out that Donald, he told Donald, um, he had fantasized about raping and killing people, which at that point it would have been like, all right, dude, get out of my house, but whatever. Well, while heavily intoxicated, he asked the board if he should become a serial killer. Um, dumb question. Right. So now this egghead just broke two rules of the Ouija board. Don't use the board when you're intoxicated and don't ask stupid fucking questions. don't play by yourself. Well, no, it was him. Together? Yeah, they were playing together. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Um, the, well, the report, the board, you know, shocker, responded back. Yes, you should be. It should. Yes, please be a serial killer. Well, the boys believed that they had summoned the spirit of Satan and decided to take swift action. <laughs> the next day on December 20th, 2007, Washington police received a 911 call from Donald's home. 
But to their dismay, the caller had hung up. So there was nobody on the other line. Well, the police dispatched someone anyway to the home in case, you know, they were going to find out what was going on. And they find 15-year-old Donald and 16-year-old Joshua attempting to haul ass in the truck, screaming at the top of their lungs, pigs must die, death to all pigs. Inside the home, after the police took the boys into custody, they found 13-year-old Elizabeth, with that last name that I can't pronounce, Charlotte Shillen, um, which is Donald's younger sister. She was dead. Mm. Her throat had been sliced with a kitchen knife, a kitchen knife, which mm. I, I, I can't imagine, while she was talking on the phone. Donald's mother, Lori, was found clinging to life in the back bedroom where she had been stabbed several times, hit with a dumbbell, and sliced with a meat cleaver. Good God. She had caught the boys cleaning up the aftermath of her daughter's murder when they, you know, attacked her. Sadly, Lori succumbed to her in- injuries on the way to the hospital, so she died. Except me The boys were found guilty. Tucker, Joshua, uh, was sentenced to 40 years in, da- in jail, and Donald was given nine and a half years in exchange for for a guilty plea, as he wasn't the one that actually committed the murders. So. Yeah, that sounds like they, these they were in America. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. You got life, and you get uh, nine and a half years. Um, you'll probably be out in three for good behavior. Yeah, right, exactly. You just rolled on your buddy. <laughs> you rolled on your buddy, exactly. All right, now we're going to talk about Stephen Young. This was a really interesting case. Um, I know it was kind of sad, but um, in nineteen ninety four. English insurance broker Stephen Young was found guilty of the gruesome double murder of Harry and Nicola Fuller. When the sentence came down, Sussex police detective Graham Hill believed justice had been served. The couple had been found dead on the floor of their home a year earlier, with Nicola shot three times and Harry shot in the back at close range. The trial lasted five weeks and Stephen was found guilty. Awesome, right? Justice was served but not so fast. One month after the trial had been, you know, had concluded, a front page headline of the now defunct news of the world newspaper appeared out of nowhere and hit like a shot. Quote, a murder jury's Ouija board verdict. End quote. Booze, dirty jokes, and then the Ouija board. The report quoted the youngest member of the jury, 24 year old Adrian, who said four jurors had trial or tried to consult the spirits of the dead while locked overnight in Brighton's old ship hotel. <laughs> As the other jurors slept, the small group sat on the floor around a crude Ouija board they had made from a piece of pa- uh, paper and a hotel room wine glass. I feel like that should be another rule. Don't try to make your own Ouija board. Well, they say you can do, you, you can make one yourself. Absolutely. I mean, it's just basically letters, numbers, and a glass. They each put a finger on top of the glass and asked a spirit to guide the glass over letters of the alphabet and the words yes or no. One juror, Ray, took charge of addressing the spirit, which identified itself via the glass as Harry Fuller, which is, you know, the guy that died and was shot in the back. Ray asked, who killed you? The glass spelled out, Stephen Young done it. <laughs> Stephen Young done it. He has really bad grammar. <laughs> he said, how? The glass spelled out, shot. As the jurists discussed what they should do, the glass spelled out, vote guilty tomorrow. Oh, God. By the end of the seance, some of the jurors were crying. A few jurors would later say they felt they had gone too far. You think? 
The group retired to their rooms and agreed not to tell the others what they had done. Just a few weeks later, though, their actions were causing controversy around the world. Eventually, the misbehavior would prompt, you know, an appeal, which Stephen deserved. But once again, he was found guilty. So maybe the board was correct. I don't know. But let me tell you, in America, if you've got a goddamn Ouija board in the deliberation room, I feel like uh, we're doing something wrong. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? So they were using the Ouija board to say whether or not... They were guilty. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Where were you? Were you... No, I, no, I'm, no, I was listening. <laughs> but I'm just like, I I just don't understand why three one person, that, let alone three people, yeah. would be convinced that this was a good idea. I know. I well, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe it's stressful. I mean, I've I've been on a jury before and it's it super stressful, but I'm not going to consult the Ouija But board. not fucking like yeah. never ha- have I ever been so stressed out. That I was like, I'm going to make a Ouija board and figure this shit out. <laughs> now, now that I just said that out loud, given some of my life choices, perhaps I should have. Maybe you should have <laughs> right? instead of using the damn eight ball. Right? I mean, you know, you. I need a little bit more detail. Let me go to the Ouija board. I mean, board. The, the eight board, the eight, the eight ball never never helped me with major life choices. You know, it was just a question and ask game. Yeah, when I was in middle school. Am I going to win the lottery? No, it wasn't even allowed. So before. if it said yes, then you move to the Ouija board. You get a little bit more detail. Oh Which gas station? Right. <laughs> what are the lottery numbers? That's freaking crazy. <laughs> you know people got to do that, right? I'm I know, sure. I don't know that people got to, but I know that people probably do. Oh, yeah. You know <laughs> they go to the Ouija board and they're like, okay, this week's lottery numbers are... Come on now. I, I got nothing because that still is I might retarded to me. It's retarded. <laughs> We're not allowed to say that anymore, are we? That's okay. Guys, don't <laughs> hate us. <laughs> ah, this is an adult podcast. All right. So I want to go on to some famous uses. Uses? Did I say uses? Use did. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm tired. It's been a long day. It is is a late. I mean, it's not late, but I mean, it's six. It's dinner time. Damn it. I'm starving. Like, it's not quite seven o'clock. And I'm usually like, oh, man, I'm going to bed in about 25 minutes. Oh, my God. But I get up super early. That's because you're a freak. That's fair. Anyway, Who doesn't drink coffee? All right. Anyway, so Is that famous in that cup. No, that's water, hell. Right? No, that's water. No. Okay. Famous uses <laughs> uses. I'm kidding. Of the Ouija board. Used it of the Ouija board. So American flight lines, American Airlines flight. I can't read. Four hundred one crashed into the Florida Everglades in 1972. John G. Fuller wrote a book about it called The Ghosts of Flight 401. Employees of Eastern Airlines reported seeing ghosts of pilot and co-pilot Bob Loft and Don Repo around the company. And the ghosts of the 10 deceased flight attendants kept showing up on another plane, which is really fucking creepy. Don't fucking do that shit to me, okay? Because I want to see a ghost and I am a... I am not She's a great ter- flyer. Yeah, no. So you put a fucking ghost on a plane. Oh my oh, god! Go land this bitch really quick. Bomb! <laughs> Bomb! You want to see an emergency landing? Oh, yeah. Chris is gonna be like, I want to be there to record all of it. Hell yeah! I'm gonna my have- eyes like, are my eyes not watering up? Like that just put like the fear of whatever the most. <laughs> Carrie's not going to fly for like the next, I don't know, God, six like, months. I'm going to call it, talk her off a ledge. Snakes on a plane. Goddamn ghost on a plane. Dude, our next flight. That'll do it. I'm totally going to fuck you up. Man, 
ghost. It's a ghost. <sighs> All right. The theory was that parts from Flight 401 were salvaged and used in the only other Lockheed L1011 the company owned. So I guess it's be another plane. Yeah, 1011, yeah. I guess it's called 1011. Yeah. Anyway, Fuller used the Ouija board and a medium to contact the spirits to write his book, is what he said. So I really want to look more up on this. I just didn't have a chance to look more into it, but it does sound like kind of creepy. And I want to read the book. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. That's super weird. Um, so also Alice Cooper, I don't know if uh our youngins know who Alice Cooper is, but he once claimed he's like this ugly old like rocker man, like he's super old. I I saw him actually like five, six years ago in charlotte at um uh he was super old then oh i know that's what i'm saying he <laughs> looked like death embalmed he's it was always awful looked, i think he's always looked a little gray and dead yeah well maybe he even is. if I that mean, explains it even like 20 years i've never thought he has the black makeup around his eyeballs he just looks terrifying yeah. but anyway he once claimed that he got his stage name from using the ouija board vincent Fernier consulted the ouija board which told him he was the re- reincarnation of a 17th century witch named Alice Cooper. He adopted the name as his own, and there you have it. Oh. True or not, it's a good deal. Now, that is interesting. Yep. Um, another, this one is super weird. So, co founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, may have turned from one addiction to another when he eschewed a- alcohol. So, he gave it up but picked up a pretty bad Ouija habit. (laughs) Bill had a quote-unquote spook room set up in his house where he would contact spirits that helped him with his alcoholism. One of the spirits he claimed was a 15th century monk named Boniface. Boniface? Boniface? I don't know. What's up with these fucking names? I don't know. Like, I (laughs) You know what? From now on, I'm just going to start I'm saying say, ethonically, names have been changed. I know, right? Well, like <laughs> to protect to protect the innocent. Phonically, it's like bon- Bonnie face. B o n i f a c e. Anyway, but I think it's Bonifus. Bonifus. I think it is. But you do however you want. If you Boniface, it's damn Boniface, South Carolina. All right. He even acknowledged to his uh, in his autobiography that he used the Ouija board to create the program's famous 12 steps. <laughs> Tell me that is not fucked up. So if you, you know, attend any you no know, offense for the people who have gone through. This yeah, like absolutely. But it's yeah, they use the Ouija board. Interesting. Maybe maybe use the Ouija board. I don't know. The band, the Mars Volta says they wrote an entire album around the Ouija board. I don't know who these people are, but um, they had um, a session with the board and the board gave them a story that they ended up using in the whole creative process. But when strange things started happening, a flooded studio, excuse me, studio, one of their engineers had a nervous breakdown and their lead singer injured his foot. They blamed the Ouija board and then burned it. And that crazy? You're not supposed to burn it, right? You're just supposed to break it into seven pieces. Yeah, you're supposed to, yeah, cut it up in like seven pieces and then like bury it, right? Put holy water on it and then bury that shit. Yeah. So in my, you know, research, I, I, I found a couple of other games 
that supposedly have dangerous consequences if pay- played incorrectly or really at even, all, even at all. But, you know, so I thought I'd kind of share that because there's one in here that I, uh, it freaked me the fuck out. Right. So, and I might, I'm going to go a little bit in detail on some of them. So bear with me. You guys can try them after, you know, the podcast or I don't know, take us in, in the bathroom with you and do this one. Um, this one's Bloody Mary. Now I played this game as a kid. I did too. This one's scary. And I, you know, nothing ever happened, you know, but um, I feel like everybody's play it, played it. And um, I tried it last night because uh, I have a preteen kid. Don't bring that. Sh- don't bring that. Who was obsessed with house. everything morbid, but she, nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. See, you don't ever know. Didn't you watch the shows? You don't know until the next day or the day after. When, oh my God. When you're in the shower and, you know. Bloody Mary comes after yeah. you. Yeah. So. The interesting thing about this one, the roots of the of the mirror game known as Bloody Mary stretch back to a folk tradition practiced by young people in the 19th century. It is said that if you walked backward up a staircase in a darkened house at night, passing a mirror as you went by, you would see reflected in the mirror one of two things. The face of a person you were destined to marry or <laughs> opposite a skull. So one is awesome. The other one is not so awesome. (laughs) If the skull appeared, it meant that you were destined to die before you got the chance to marry anyone, which is terrifying. Anyway, Bloody Mary itself, meanwhile, appears to have come along somewhat later, although exactly when is a little hazy. We do know that the legend was firmly established in the United States in the 1970s, of course, because we only come up with some stupid shit. Folklorist <laughs> J- Janet Langelis' essay, Mary Wales, I Believe in You, published in Indiana for Folklore, a reader in 1976, features several versions of the legend, which, you know, Janet had gathered throughout the 1970, early 1970s. As for who Bloody Mary is, well, that changes depending on who you are and who you're talking to. To some, she's Mary Worth, who may have been either a Puritan woman who was tried and executed for witchcraft or a woman who was killed in a car crash more recently. To others, she is Mary Wells, who might be the after forementioned card crash victim or a vanishing hitchhiker type spirit. Some say she's the vengeful spirit of a mother who lost her child. Still others say she's Mary Tudor, the Queen of England who reigned from 1553 to 1558 and became known as quote quote unquote bloody mary for the executions she carried out against protestants in an effort to restore catholicism to england for what it's worth and i i mean i always thought it was mary of tudor because of all the all the beheadings that she did that that makes the most sense to me yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, some have suggested a scientific explanation for the spirit's appearance. It's said that staring into a mirror in low light conditions for lengthy amounts of time causes our perception of what we're seeing to distort and become monstrous. Perhaps the true monsters are simply reflections of ourselves. So how to play in case of those like who don't know how to play. You choose your playing space. You may play this game in virtually any indoor setting. I can't believe we're telling people how to call a freaking demon. Because we're awesome. The only requirement is that your playing space um, is that it has to be in total, complete 
darkness. Like you can't total blackout see condition. Your hand in front of your Correct. face. Yeah, that's with, what I remember. Yeah, no light bleeding in from the outside. An interior room without windows, such as a bathroom, is ideal. If the only options available to you have windows, be sure to block them fully. Then you gather your supri- your supplies. You're going to need a candle, matches, or a lighter, and a mirror. But you can also use a flashlight, a low, you know, a dim flashlight. So you wait until nightfall, then bring your supplies to the playing space and enter it alone. And that's key. You're supposed to be in there by yourself. If you haven't already, prepare the room, block the windows, set up the mirror if necessary, turn out the lights, light the candle, and place it in front of the mirror. Face the mirror. Make eye contact with yourself. Be brave. Be fearless. Don't be a scaredy shithead. Yeah, Take a deep when she comes. <laughs> Take a deep breath. And when you are ready, begin repeating the name Bloody Mary. Say it out loud, beginning softly, but adding volume with each repetition. So Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. There's no mirror in here. I don't care. I don't care. You are such the wuss. No, I would never. I will not do that shit in my adult years ever. You're such a baby. No, ma'am. Say it aloud. So again, saying it three times, you want to say it three times all the way up to 13 repetitions. So you're going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. I never did it like this either, right? No, I, I always Googled did it like it. you yep, turn you around, turn, you say it three times, you look at that. Turn around, yep. say it again, turn it around. But this says you do it 13 times. You say Bloody Mary getting louder and louder and louder. 13 is the magic number. Of course it is. Speak the 13 repetition with finality. So Bloody Mary. Then stop, look in the mirror, look harder. What do you see? Is it just yourself? Are you sure? Or is it bloody fucking Mary? Do not place yourself within arm's reach of the mirror. She might scream at you, but you can handle screaming. If she's able to grab you, though, there's no coming back from that. If you survive the experience, extinguish the candle, turn off the lights, and leave the room. Do not use that mirror again. Never used to. Did you break break your mirror? (laughs) No. No. But to be honest, I had a little bit of light in there. So I I didn't, I probably didn't like yeah. have all the right conditions. So that's why I said it comes back the next day when you're in the shower because the people didn't break their mirror when they did it. Oh, she's like, oh, I'm coming to get you, bitch. Ooh, I used to chill bumps. Oh that's my, funny. you're never going to be able to sleep tonight. No, I'll be able to sleep. I will, I will. Like when I was younger. You were more fearless? Silly, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember what it was. I think it was just you know, like a buddy system. There are people there. We're all doing it like pack mentality. Oh yeah. yeah. By myself or with my new, nope. like if you said, Hey, let's go do it. Nope. Yes. <laughs> no, ma'am. So then we can't do the Ouija board. You're going to get all chicken shit. I don't believe in the Ouija board. Ouija board. Oh, well, Bloody Mary's fucking real damn it. You believe in Bloody Mary over the Ouija no, board? Let's to, debate. To me, to go. Me it's creepier. How is it creepier? You really think someone's coming through the fucking mirror? Do you really think a Ouija board is going to tell you and give you a Maybe. Bl- oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, We're going to start cases? fighting physically any- here in a minute. <laughs> are there any cases where somebody blamed it on Bloody Mary? I don't know. I didn't look up. <laughs> I didn't look that up, but let's, I'm going to have to do some research. <laughs> Oh my God. Next week's episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So this next game I had never heard of and I want to try it. And I know you don't want to, but. I never heard of it either. Be damned. So for various, this one's called Charlie Charlie. And I think it's more played over in 
like England. Um, per various corners of the Spanish-speaking internet, a child who committed suicide, the victim of a fatal car accident, or a pagan Mexi Mexican deity who now convenes with the Christian devil. So that's who Charlie Charlie is supposed to be. Either way, you can summon him by following a few steps. So how do you play? Step one, open your vine, which I didn't know what the fuck a vine is, but get the camera rolling. Yeah. It's, 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 some, an app. it's an app, yeah. some kind of app thing. And this is some kind of challenge, right? Yeah, so you don't have vine. You're yeah, but you can still, well, you can still play it, but this yeah. is some kind of challenge. But, um, so step two, you draw a big X on a piece of paper and then label two of the resulting quadrants as no. And then the other two, yes. So opposite. So like, no, yes. And then no on the left side. Um, and the yes on the left side. I understand what opposite means. Some people may not. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have seen the look on her face. <laughs> so step four, place two overlapping pencils on each axis of your grid, crossing them in the middle. Do you need me to explain that further too? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> they I'm can be lost. unsharpened. They can be unsharpened. <laughs> step five, say, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? And ask a question. And you got to say it with a British accent. You've got to say like, it with right? British <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, are you there? <laughs> That's horrible. Our freaking British listeners are probably like... I, They're probably mocking click, us anyway. <laughs> click. Listen to these damn rednecks. <laughs> Okay, so I eat like one example is one of my friends going to die soon, or will I go to prom next May? See, prom sounds pretty innocent. Just right? about prom. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy? Why you got to ask about one of your friends though? Why can't you? Is Gary going to die? <laughs> can't you like just ask God? I don't know. Keep my name out your mouth. Six scream, probably, because it's probably you're screaming because it fucking moved. Because the pencil is supposed to move. While it's hard to pin down an exact country of origin, Charlie Charlie, also spelled with L-Y, has a long history as a schoolyard game in the Spanish-speaking world. So while I said it's over Brit British, but all the like YouTubes I saw were like a bunch of... Spanish? Well, no, they were like, um, you know, English. They were, oh. yeah. Anyway, maybe it was just the challenge started there. I don't know. According to one seven-year-old Yahoo... Um, and the Yahoo Answers, kids have played a version of this classic game in Spanish for generations. So some little kid had posted something about um, he had played it, which hmm. I can't see my any seven-year-old playing it. I would have been terrified. I don't think I was doing that at Hell seven. No. I mean, not at seven. Not at seven, no. Tradi traditionally, this version with the cross pencils was called the... Oh, go ahead and try to pronounce this. I can't Oh, wait. my God. Hugo de la... La Prisia, a term that still turns up lots of creepy stuff on Google. Mm. And Charlie Charlie was a distinct game played with colored pencils. At some point in their internet and playground travels, the two games seem to have merged. In either case, both have always had, had demonic or supernatural connotations. One site called La Prisia, the poor man's Ouija board. I mean, and Ouija is not, it's not like... Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, you can make your own Ouija, Ouija board. board. We talked about that. Well, so you make Charlie Charlie. Ouija, Ouija board is the poor man Ouija board as far as I'm concerned. 
well, maybe, but Charlie is like literally just an X yeah, and yes, no. Paper, you just ask. Oh, yeah. well, you got to have Vine though. Yeah. Well, you don't have to have Vine, but you could play Charlie Charlie oh, without just, being recorded. You're just saying this was the ch- and record it just to have it and put it on Vine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was the Not instructions I got. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can play it by yourself and just, I mean, it's been as this little seven-year-old and the schoolyard game was playing you. it. Awesome. But I want to ask. Um, Not dumb questions. Yeah. Like, uh, am I going to win the lottery? All right. So this next game I am fascinated with. And a, a lot of it has to do with. I'll do this one too. Yeah. This one is, is absolutely. We did talk about doing this yeah, one. Yeah. We talked we? about this one. Yeah. This one's crazy. So. This one's called the elevator game and it's the elevator to another world. Only supposedly only one person can play at a time, but I have read on several different sites. You can have multiple people. So I think it just depends on, I don't know who's, who's telling you to play, but anyway, you can only perform this ritual in a building at least 10 stories high with at least one elevator in it. You cannot proceed otherwise. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this game, it just gives me the fucking willies. One of the theories of how Lisa Lamb, and I don't know if you guys know about that, but she's the girl that was found in the Cecil Hotel um, in a water tank, but she was found dead. Um, one of the theories was that she was playing this game. I mean, which makes perfect sense. I was about to say. Because it, it makes, started in Korea. It makes perfect sense, but it makes sense. So, well, kinda? it started in Korea. And it's, you know, migrated overseas. With the videos of her going in and out. And, and yeah. she was a Korean oh, girl. Wow. Um, she was from Canada, though. So, yeah. but yeah, she, I, I think, you know, it's a very, very, very plausible theory. So I'm going to give you the instructions and also like what, what each one they, which, what the instructions mean. Because essentially the goal is to get to another dimension. <clears throat> and supposedly if you follow these steps, you're going to go to another dimension. So instructions for traveling. You enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone else gets on, then understand that you cannot continue from the first floor and wait until the elevator can be taken alone. Press the button on for the fourth floor. So once you hit the first, you go to the fourth. Do not get out of the elevator when it reaches the fourth floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. Do not get out when you reach the second floor. Stay on the elevator and then press the button for the sixth floor. You don't get out when you reach the sixth floor. You remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. You don't get out on the second floor either. Stay on the elevator and press the button for the 10th floor. Some have reported hearing a voice calling to them on the second floor during this middle section of the ritual. Do not reply. Do not answer in any way. Do not get out when you have reached the 10th floor. Stay on and press the button to the 5th floor. Now, this is where it gets kind of fucked up. It has been reported by some that a woman may enter on the 5th floor. She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. Most importantly, she may appear as someone you know. It is important that you do not acknowledge her in word or glance. So you aren't even supposed to look at this bitch in the face. Keep your eyes on the floor or the buttons only. Do not look at her. Mind your business. Yeah, don't even speak. Now, she may, I've read like a couple of, um, like when I'm on Reddit, you can find some serious, crazy shit on Reddit. But 
several people have played this game and they swear some woman got on and she was crying saying she needed help or she left her keys. Like there were, you know, several people that said that they encountered a woman. Now, whether or not they're being honest, I don't know. Now, press the button to head to the first floor. So you've gone from fifth back to first. If instead of going towards the first floor, you instead begin to ascend to the 10th floor, then you have performed the ritual correctly. However, this is very important. If you instead do descend to the first floor, then you have done something wrong. Get off on the first floor immediately. If the woman is on the elevator, then remember not to acknowledge her. So if you go to the first floor, you better haul ass and get the fuck out. (laughs) If you reach the 10th floor, you got a couple of choices. You can either stay on the elevator and look out or exit the elevator. Some have reported that upon entering or excuse me, attempting to leave the elevator, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. She may raise her voice. She may ask where you're going or, you know, what's wrong. She may shriek as you cross the floors or the door's threshold. Keep your wits about you and do not engage or look at her even out of fear. And I'm going to say, if I have to sit on the elevator with this bitch multiple times, like I'm I'm thinking I'm going to go to the first floor and run the fuck out. I'm just saying. Unless, <laughs> unless it doesn't go to the first floor and it goes to the 10th floor. floor and then you're fucked. You're yeah. stuck with this bitch. So there is only one way to know whether or not you have, a, you have actually traveled to the other world for sure. You will know because you will be the only person there. Meaning you step out of the elevator, there is not a single soul anywhere else. You're the only one in this dimension. Traveling back home is is kind of the opposite. So you've got to go back through the whole sequence. So if you do not exit the 10th floor, you, that screaming but bitch you, beside you. Yeah, the screaming bitches beside you, you have to press the button for the first floor and keep pressing it until the elevator begins to move because it may not necessarily move. Once you have reached the first floor, exit immediately. Do not exit on any other floor. So if you don't get out, you hit the first floor, you can go back down. You don't have to go back through the first the whole sequence. So I, I apologize. If anyone else gets on, on the elevator as you go down and descend, you just remain silent. Don't say a fucking word. If you do exit the elevator at the 10th floor, the elevator you used to get there is the only one you can use to return. So you have to remember where the elevator is. When you get back on the elevator, press the buttons in the same order you did in steps two through eight, which you use to travel. This should take you to the fifth floor. Once you have reached the fifth floor, press the button for the first floor. Do not be surprised when you instead begin to ascend again to the 10th floor. Don't panic. You can press the button of any floor lower than the 10th to stop ascending, but you have to do it before you reach to the 10th floor, right? So... If it starts going up, you just push the eighth, seventh, whatever. Some have described the feeling called not to cancel the elevator's ascension. You, you, you must. You've got to. You got to stop it from going up. Once you have canceled the ascension and reached the first floor, make sure that everything seems normal to you. If anything seems remotely strange, if you hear anything you should not be hearing, if you smell something you don't recognize then don't get off the elevator. You have to repeat steps two until everything on the first floor seems normal. This is very important. Once you've satisfied that everything on the first floor is as it should, 
be in like your real world, you can exit the elevator. So there's some additional information on traveling. The other world has been described by travelers as dark, but otherwise exactly like your own home world. I was just going to say, yeah, like everything is the same. Again, you will know that it is not your world because no one else will be there. So if you get off on the 10th floor and nobody's just happens to be on the 10th floor, how are you going to know that you're well and you're so there's additional there's additional clues. You may see a distant red cross through a window. This may be a cross or it may be something else. Um, electronics often do not work, but some have posted some videos claimed to have, you know, taken while traveling the other world. But you may become disoriented if you exit on the 10th floor. You may feel dizzy. Um, be vigilant. Pay attention to how you are feeling and keep your wits about you. I'm going to feel dizzy because I've gone on an elevator for like an hour trying to get yeah. to the fucking 10th floor. And you've been, you know, taking deep breaths, not looking at this chick beside you. Exactly. If you pass out, you may wake up at home. But understand, it may not be your home world. It may not be the other, like the other world you intended to travel to by invoking this ritual. Examine everything around you to make sure it's as it should be. If you get to get on the wrong elevator on your return trip, then do not enter the return sequence. It will not work. So regarding the woman, do not speak to her. Do not look at her. Do not check to see if she's still there she is (laughs) so i find that game uber complicated but it's like who came up with this shit um you know if i was a hotel owner i would have some sort of algorithm in the elevator anybody came here and did this shit right it would do exactly what it was supposed to do and i would trigger some i get an email and i'd have some bitch stand on the fifth floor waiting (laughs) Please enter the fifth floor. And she would be a nutcase. She'd, she'd be paid she'd be very well. Yeah. She'd be paid very well to be a nutcase, too. Wouldn't that be awesome, though? It would be fantastic. Dude, I'm opening up a hotel just so people can, can come Imagine the reviews. This. Go to this hotel. This is the only hotel in North America where you can get to the other dimension or the other world. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I would But do you find it crazy that somebody came up with some bullshit that, like, I mean, where does this stuff come from? Like people with awesome imaginations, I would imagine. But I'm, yeah, I don't know. A couple people sitting around one night in the '60s, getting high. Like, hey, wouldn't it be oh, cool? This is so great. <laughs> and they just remembered to write it down because you know you don't remember anything, right? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, so this is our episode. It was super lighthearted. I think it was kind of a load off. Um, and I know it wasn't uber gory or crazy or anything, but, you know, sometimes you need a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. This is our palate cleanser this episode. This is the palate cleanser episode. <laughs> so um, don't forget to check us out. Um, go to Apple Podcasts. You know, give us a five-star rating. Um, and also send us an email if you guys have had any medium or supernatural experiences or, I don't know, played the elevator game. We want to know. Let us know. Yeah. Um, we're at status macabre at status macabre.com. Um, you can get there from our website, which is the same. And then, um, you can also, uh, reach us on Facebook and Instagram as well as Twitter. Yep. We're everywhere. So. Just, 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 um, put us in the Google net, Google net and the Google find net. Us. Yep. The Google net. Put us in the Google net. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and we hope y'all have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. Bye. Bye. Bye.